Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host, Ariana Bravo, and this is the Autosport Podcast. After starting 10th, Lewis Hamilton comes home the winner of the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. It's been a challenging weekend for the Mercedes driver following disqualification from qualifying on Friday and a five-place grid penalty for today's race. But he was a man on a mission taking victory ahead of title rival Max Verstappen and teammate Valtteri Bottas. A drama-packed weekend leaves us plenty to talk about today, and joining me to do so is Luke Smith, Autosports F1 editor, and Jess McFadden, director of digital strategy at Motorsport Network. Thank you both for joining me. It's lovely to have you two back together. We haven't recorded for quite a while, so it's nice to be reunited. Uh, how are you both doing, first of all? How is everything? It's been a weekend, but it's been—I mean, it's been great. Don't get me wrong, and like we've got so much to talk about from such a memorable Grand Prix. But just between all the various stewards' hearings and summonses and uh, documents and back and forth, it's it's been a, a really, really uh, challenging but rewarding weekend. I think that's how an F1 driver would describe it. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyable though. And yeah, to cap it off with that race was just fantastic. Yeah, pretty sweet. Jess, how are you doing? Also shattered? I mean, yeah, can I just use Luke's response? Because words for yes. me... Copy and paste? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a lot, I think, is, <laughs> is something that we can probably all say. But it's been, I mean, it's... I feel like today's race was everything that this season needed. Because I think last week... I especially felt quite downbeat in the fact that, you know, not that I cared that Red Bull were storming ahead, but just that 
we wanted this to go down. It had all the makings of a season that was going to go down to the last lap of the last race. And wouldn't that be amazing for us to be able to to have once again? It's been a long time since we've had a, a season like that. Um, so I was a little bit like, oh, well, you know, I just don't see the momentum swinging. But I mean, <laughs> we had everything <laughs> this. I mean, the, the amount that was thrown at Mercedes this weekend and the fact that we're here saying that they have a double podium with, with all of that considered is just not what I expected we were going to be talking about on the Sunday night podcast. So here we are. What a great, great day. I mean, again, I'm sure Red Bull fans and Max fans are disappointed. I'm sure that there's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of emotional response to everything this weekend. But, you know, if you are a neutral or if you're thinking about the wider picture about whoever comes out on top of this season will have won it through battling at every opportune moment. And I think that is just going to be the overall narrative of this season, at least coming off today. Um, I don't know if I'm just tired and emotional, but I feel very kind of like, this is what we needed. We needed this race. I feel exactly the same. Maybe it is the tiredness, I don't know. But um, yeah, I just felt like today it really reignited a season that has already been so exciting. Uh, But this weekend really threw everything at the sport and we rounded off with such a fantastic race. So many talking points, so much fantastic driving. And that's exactly what we want to see for the sport as a whole. Uh, We're going to kick things off the way we always do, which is with our race ratings. So Luke, you are up first. What are you going to give this race? Uh, Oh, I would give it, uh, I think an eight is probably a a solid shout. I think it was a a pretty, pretty explosive, spicy race. I think that, yeah, we maybe didn't sort of see like fights everywhere throughout it. And I think similar to the sprint, much of the focus was really on Lewis and his charge through. But yeah, I think sort of the mix of the fight between him and Max, I know we're going to get onto the strategic uh, shenanigans back and forth between Mercedes and Red Bull. I thought that was really fascinating as well. Uh, Yeah, a few sort of nice little storylines throughout the field. So uh, yeah, I'd settle on an 8 out of 10 for today. Okay, that was my first instinct as well to go for an 8. Jess, what's yours? Eights across the board, I think. Oh, yeah, nice wow, and easy. We're all in agreement. But I mean, that doesn't, maybe that doesn't make for a good, but we've got so much to talk about on this podcast. I don't think it really matters that we all agree. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely a strong, strong eight. Brilliant. Okay, well then let's get into our talking points. I think it's only right that we start with Lewis Hamilton, our race winner. What a weekend from him. I mean, it was a commanding drive from him today. He started 10th, as we said, because he had that five-place grid penalty. Of course, yesterday we disqualified from qualifying and fought his way up to P5. Uh, But today was absolutely magnificent from him. It was a real uh, showcase of his talent and why he has all the achievements and accolades behind him. What did you make of that, guys? Up there with the best performances of his F1 career. And for a man who's got 101 Grand Prix victories, it's very hard to pick out what are the absolute best displays. But I think that across the course of this weekend, I think we've seen Lewis Hamilton at his absolute best. And I think there is obviously, he had the benefit of that new Mercedes engine and that did lead to some absolutely phenomenal uh, straight line pace and that was obviously so instrumental today in the fight against Verstappen and uh, I think that he harnessed that brilliantly though and just the way he came through the field he just 
played every move so so well like he knew when to go for it knew when not to with Max we saw obviously um, after the first run in at turn four the second time he got very close he just went for it went for it and then just backed out because he knew he learned from what happened a few laps before that it wasn't the right time and then one lap later he had the move done comfortably before the corner turning so it was not not a problem and yeah I just think it was just such a measured display and I think Yes, he had the quickest car today, but he started 10th on the grid. Like, you don't win races from 10th on the grid, even if you have the quickest car. The only race he's won from further back was Hockenheim in 2019 when he was 14th on the grid. Hockenheim in 2018 when he was 14th on the grid. And I just think it it really just speaks to how well both of them are driving this season. But this weekend, Lewis, yeah, he was absolutely on it. Max was at such a high level as well. Let's not sort of, let's not detract from what he did today. But yeah, I just think Lewis up there with his best ever displays. Yeah, I think I have to agree. It's 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 a strange one, isn't it? He he seems to be a driver that absolutely thrives under pressure. Um, he loves being the underdog, which we're not used to seeing him being because he's Lewis Hamilton and he's a seven-time world champion and he's you know he it's just he's he's. We're so used to just seeing him up there, but it's it's these races that seem to kind of define him a little bit. I think he takes a lot of self-reflection from these moments where he feels down and out. Um, he speaks a lot about, you know, his junior career, how he was always you know, the underdog or, or, you know, he was always singled out for uh, for whatever reason. Um And he, he always just wanted to prove people wrong. And here we are again, you know, how... Has there ever been a driver who's had a 25 grid drop, 25 place grid grid drop and come to win the race? And yes, okay, there's a lot of chatter about, well, you know, it's no fun when the pace advantage is that large and, you know, of course he's going to make it, make it up when he's got that much of a pace advantage. But I don't think that's fair. Like, I don't think that that is actually the case. Um, We saw other drivers struggle. Um, So I think it's, yeah, it's just it's just one of those, as Luke said, one of those defining Hamilton drives that yes, okay, was helped, but I mean, when you take on a new engine uh, engine unit, that is why you get a penalty so that you aren't given a huge advantage by going for a fresh a fresh power unit. So uh, yeah, I think it was it was just fantastic fantastic to watch. It was. It was a, it was great just to see him and Max battle, and I know we're going to come on to um, the incident in a little bit, so I won't go into too much detail there. But that's again like that's what we've wanted, that's what we keep wanting to see is these two greats battle it out. I think Martin Brundle talked about it as being a bit of a baton passing, um, you know, the 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 old guard, which makes me feel very old that we're saying Lewis Hamilton is now the old guard, but passing the baton on to Max Verstappen who again, has has himself said that if it's not this year that he wins the world championship, it'll be next year or the year after that. Like he is under no illusion that he is going to win a world championship and neither are we. We know it's only a matter of when, not if. Um, but again, yeah, I just thought we were, we were treated to such a display today that, um, um, yeah, I just feel very, I feel very fortunate that we've had races like this that, that can, that we'll be talking about for years to come. Yeah, this season is one of those seasons that we really do have to just step back and appreciate the fact that we are watching it live, experiencing it, soaking up all of the 
atmosphere that comes alongside what you actually just watch because yes you can re-watch the classics in years to come but you don't get all of the atmosphere that surrounds it when you're actually living it and today was definitely a special race as you said Luke um, just wonderfully managed on Hamilton's side they were saying on the coverage afterwards as well even though he knew you know how far he could take it in this race it was still managed so well and just thought about all of those moves carefully so as not to sacrifice anything I thought it was absolutely fantastic to watch Um, he and the team were clearly pumped up this weekend um, by you know what they believe was unfair treatment in some cases when it came to the rear wing Uh, clearly very energized we saw Toto like every opportunity (laughs) whether it was swearing or heatedly pointing at the camera it was it was hilarious that's already become a meme (laughs) as well it is my favorite I I wish I'd asked him afterwards like was that intentional did you know where that camera was? But yeah, it was another perfect. thing on me, Lord. <laughs> it was absolutely perfect. But they've got this, uh, you know, this fresh rush of excitement and momentum behind them now. What do you think that means, you know, for the next few races? Because as you were saying, Jess, we were thinking, you know, a couple of races ago, the men- momentum was well in Red Bull's court. It felt like it was maybe just swinging a little bit. Uh, but they've come back with an absolute vengeance now that they have had their backs up against the wall. What do you reckon? Yeah. And I think there are still going to be question marks around that sudden performance advantage. Um, I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as, as just going racing for the next few races. Um, there have been fingers pointed and obviously uh, fingers placed in places that they weren't meant to. Um <laughs> I'm referring to Max Verstappen touching Lewis Hamilton's rear wing um, when referring to that. Like I said, it's been a long day. Please let me have these moments. My brain is... I want that to be the soundbite of this podcast. Um, yeah, so... But but there have, been, there have been fingers pointed by Red Bull as to whether or not this performance advantage is is legal um so i think that is definitely going to come out in the wash kind of christian horner said that they uh, red bull had no intention of appealing this weekend this weekend but that's not going to stop them appealing at any other point uh, they're obviously going to be starting as 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 max's fondle suggested they are going to still be um gathering evidence because if they make this call you know they're going to want to be right so uh, and it would be, I mean, obviously we want this to be fair fighting. Like if, if Mercedes is found to be running anything illegal, then we don't want that to be the case. Um, I think it's more of a case of, as we saw with Red Bull's flexi wing, it, it's a push of rule book rather than anything, you know, there's no cheating going on. There's no cheating allegations. It's just like, is that within the rules or is that kind of being a bit naughty and bending rules? So um, I think that will that'll be something to watch out for in the coming weeks. But, you know, we, we have... Another great thing is that we've got these races coming up where we literally have no idea what's going to happen because we've not raced there. We don't we don't know what Qatar's going to be like. We don't know what Saudi Arabia is going to be like, and Abu Dhabi has a reformatted circuit. So anybody's anybody's guess is as good as anybody else's at this stage. Like Qatar and Saudi, you think you're going to need pace um because qualifying is going to be extremely important. So as we saw with, you know, Lewis Hamilton being quite commanding in qualifying as in the normal qualifying format that we're used to rather than sprint um although it was commanding in sprint too that's going to be quite important so you would you would say that you know it's mercedes to to chase down um but you know red bull aren't gonna go out of this without a fight which i'm 
all I'm here for. I'm 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 bedded in and I'm grabbing the popcorn and I'm watching this intently for the next few weeks. And Luke, Jess touched on there the fact that Red Bull have been doing some finger pointing about this performance gain of Mercedes. What have the team principals on either side said and the team members regarding this? I'm, I'm sure that they're, you know, Toto is firm in that it's completely legal, etc. But what do we know? Give us a bit of context. So earlier this weekend, before everything really kicks off about Hamilton's DRS, we know that Red Bull, Adrian Newey, obviously their, their technical chief, who's been back present at races recently after a, a bicycle accident, he uh, he met with the FIA to sort of inquire about what Mercedes were doing with their rear wing, because obviously this is a, a big sort of pace gain that does appear to have been. And yes, the engine will come into that, but... Christian Horner kept saying like the gaps were just absolutely huge. He said on Saturday that it was like Lewis was in a different formula. And throughout the race, I was actually jotting down what the pace difference was between Max and Lewis when they hit the end of the straight. And at points when they were coming to the end of the straight when Hamilton had DRS behind Verstappen, he was going 28 kilometers an hour faster than Verstappen was, which is a, that's a huge, huge gap. It's 333 against 305. So that kind of shows the difference. And that's why I think that, yeah, Red Bull were kind of like, well, we didn't really stand a lot of chance because of just how quick Mercedes were this weekend. Mercedes have been very clear. They've said that, yeah, they've not brought any more upgrades. It's just been a case sort of like refining the package and everything like that. Uh, and they've said that, yeah, it's very normal that a rival team will take an interest in sort of what you're doing and obviously that's exactly what Mercedes did to Red Bull earlier this year over its flexi wing and that led to the FIA clampdown via a technical directive. So I think it's something that Red Bull are going to keep looking at obviously because if you see your rival with any kind of performance gain you want to know how they did it, is it legal, is it within the spirit of the rules and everything like that. Mercedes seem pretty relaxed about it all. I think they've been yeah, but, but are quite chill. Um to them, yeah, it's it's not it's not something to worry about. I think they're quite happy with um with how how they've moved forward. But uh yeah, it was quite it was quite emphatic this weekend, I think. So I think that's going to be something that as Christian Horner said, they're going to keep an eye on for the as we sort of get towards the end game of this season. It's very, it's very hard to say sort of the ins and outs in terms of what the FIA will they do? Like, would there be a clampdown or anything like that? But a lot of it just comes down to what Mercedes have done. Um, but ultimately, I think that yeah, Red Bull said this weekend, oh yeah, we're not going to protest. And as as Jess rightly said, Horner said we're not protesting this weekend, which is kind of a bit of a maybe a bit of a pointed answer, suggesting down the line potentially. But uh, yeah, I think that when you're in this much for a close title battle. In theory, if you saw any grounds to try and get one up on your rival, then you you would do so. So I think that, yeah, Mercedes can be pretty pleased with what they've done. Um, And I think what also works in their favour is that we've got three races left, but in four weeks, like we're very close now. So if Red Bull need to find something or do something to try and negate this gap, time is really up against it. So, yeah, I think a a very good weekend for Mercedes. I think that Qatar will probably show us more... Was it down to the engine? Was it just Mercedes taking a big step forward? Was it track specific? It'll answer more questions. But if Hamilton has that kind of straight line speed advantage once again in Qatar next weekend, then Red Bull, I think, will really be thinking, right, we're in a little bit of trouble here. We need to do something about it. Now, I didn't speak to you guys earlier in the weekend. And as we've said, lots has happened this weekend. So I want to just actually get your view on all of the 
various dramas that have unfolded with the shoot investigations, etc. Of course, we had the investigations into the DRS. We had the Max uh, investigation with him touching Lewis's rear wing. Toto has been quite firm in his responses saying, that, you know, he thinks it's a bit unfair and there's been different treatment in the past with these sorts of things. What do you make of this whole fiasco that we've had here, Jess? Definitely brought out the worst in terms of the the fact that what 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 it's shown is that there is still this area of f1 that rightly or wrongly operates kind of almost like a like a court of law rather than a sport which i think has been one of the points that has really upset fans um it's very confusing like the whole issue with the with the rear wing fiasco has caused a lot of headaches because there's and obviously this comes down to us uh, in terms of being able to explain what's going on um, and try and kind of make it as clear as possible because sometimes it's still not clear for us. We have to do a lot of digging to actually get to the bottom of what's going on or, you know, we're not party to the stewards' um, conversations when they're when they're summoning teams and um, drivers. We, we don't, we're not party to those conversations. We only get the documents that appear after the fact. So a lot of it is piecing it together and kind of trying to make sense of it. But it's it's the point of, I guess, the fact that those the two incidents of, of, of note, I guess, this weekend, that being um, whether Mercedes rear wing was illegal or not, and um, the Max Verstappen incident in Park for May with the, with the uh, illegal touching of the car... Um, they seem connected and in a way that they, they are but in a way they're not and they're very kind of they should be perceived very differently but I think because they are centered around the same subject they they're taken as being the same thing or part of the same thing you know there were accusations out on social that Mercedes were uh, implying that Max had broken Lewis's rear wing I think yeah that's not ever been the case um i think we all know you know these are the some of the smartest minds in the world um and you know it's it takes quite a bit to break a rear wing um and i don't think that is but the point was more around the fact that there was a scenario where nobody could know like the point was is that something had broken on that rear wing and no one knew why or how or what because they don't know when it happened. They don't know what part failed. They don't know, um, you know, it, it, something could have happened in the time that Lewis Hamilton pulled up into Park Ferme. In theory, something could have happened to that rear wing. And I think this is why, because it was a breakage, this is why Toto Wolff is in particular so upset because we've seen different scenarios where teams have been allowed to fix broken parts and them not be deemed illegal because they've been seen to have failed or to have um to have to have broken and they've been allowed to fix them under park for may conditions so the fact that mercedes weren't allowed to fix their rear wing has caused a bit of an upset and and toto wolf was saying it's actually setting a dangerous precedent um and that you know mercedes for one are not going to let this go in terms of not, not obviously they're not appealing the decision they've said fine if that's the decision that's fine but they're going to be questioning any team that makes any change to any part under park for may they're going to be on to the stewards and going oi that's is that illegal is that legal is that legal we don't know so it's going to be really interesting to see just how pivotal this weekend is is going to play to f1 as a whole 
you know, the rule book is extremely complicated, convoluted. I know we're going to go on to, again to talk about the incident, but even then, you know, it's never cut and dry or things that should be, we think or we think are, aren't always. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out into the wider narrative of Formula One um, as a championship. It's been really interesting that we've had all this thrown at Lewis and yet we're still here talking about him winning a race. Um, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been one of kind of back and forth thing, but I think again, it just shows how close this championship is that is that neither team are willing to let anything like this put them on the back foot. You know, Mercedes fought that decision up until the point at which it was made. And, you know, Red Bull are going to do the same thing because that's, but that is Formula One, right? It operates, like I said, a little bit more like a court of law sometimes than it does a sport, and you'll have these you'll have these very clever people. We heard it on the radio today with the Max incident. You've got them appealing to Michael Massey in real time, saying, That's not that's not a racing incident. That's that's racing. Oh, uh, you know, what are we gonna do here? So it's 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 part and parcel of Formula One and I think but it it has highlighted to me that there needs to be a bit more of a conversation with, with fans especially, and I don't know if it'll ever ever land. I'm not sure. We can try. But that there's a side of Formula One that is still shadowy and that is causing confusion and upset. Because again, like I think this weekend has been one of the darker times for, for me personally. You know, I look I look after our social media. It's been a very dark time to be on social media this weekend because of the tribalism that we've that we that we have in Formula One. People are very passionate about this. They're passionate about their teams, their drivers, their racing. Um, and that's a great thing, but it's also, it can be an ugly thing. So I think we've got some work to do to try and, and, and lift the, the shadowy nature of, of the, this side of, of, of Formula One. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Indeed, as you said, social media was definitely a, an interesting place this weekend. Luke, I just wanted you to expand, if possible, on the point that Toto has been making and that Jess just touched on there as well about the fact that in the past he feels that teams have been able to change things uh, when damaged, but they weren't. Can you just expand a little bit on what it is his argument is there and why the FIA and the stewards, I assume, uh, believe that this is different in this situation? So the rules on a race weekend are that once park Ferme conditions come into force, which happens the moment your car goes out on track at the start of Q1 and qualifying, from that moment you cannot make like major changes to the car. The setup's mainly in. You can do some small wing adjustments and things like that, but that's kind of about it. The only exception when it comes to part changes is if you can prove it's for reliability reasons. So, for example, if you have a crash in Q3, for example, obviously you cannot use those parts. I think a very clear example, Lando Norris' crash at Spa, Charles Leclerc's crash in Monaco. And then you are able to request for the FIA that you are changing those parts for reliability reasons. And obviously with a crash or something, it's very obvious where that damage has happened. But there are sort of smaller things where you can sort of argue that, okay, well, there is reliability where on this part, we can prove it. Therefore, can we make a change? And the FIA will give permission. And then before the race, there is a document issued that comes to journalists as well as all the teams listing every single part of a car that is changed before before the race under those conditions fairly. So what Toto's gripe was is that Red Bull at the last three races now have changed the rear wing on Verstappen's car under those conditions after qualifying, so before the race. His argument was that They've been allowed to do that, yet Mercedes were not allowed to 
make a, a tweak for what was essentially the same reason, reliability, with Hamilton's DRS, which was why it failed the test afterwards by 0.2 millimetres. The difficulty here is that when Red Bull... So say, for example, Red Bull's DRS was something that they needed to change. So long as it passed the post-qualifying check, that's fine. And then they can make that change ahead of the race, so long as they can prove the reliability grounds, which the FIA was happy with. Case in point today, that's what exactly what happened on Verstappen's car. The fact is that Mercedes's DRS didn't pass that test, and that's that was the issue. And ultimately, the team, the team didn't realise that the part was broken because obviously it was such a minor break to be, what, 0.2 millimetres. Therefore, the first time it got flagged was when it was being checked by the FIA. The FIA did their technical check, said, oh, it's failed, therefore we're going to impound the part. It's ours now, you can't have it. So Mercedes basically couldn't access their own rear wing to be able to like, see what had happened and, and be sure of what that breakage was or fix it. So Toto sort of said it's like the bullet had already left the gun and I kind of do see his point on that. But I think the difficulty is that, yeah, okay, Red Bull are, have been changing that rear wing, what, three races in a row now, but they've always been able to do it, it would seem fairly, with what the FIA said. It's always passed all the tests and the FIA and Red Bull have then been able to say, um, we can prove for reliability reasons we need to make a change. Obviously, we've seen them at the last few races like working a lot on the rear wings of both Verstappen and Perez's cars. So it's clear there's sort of something that's been recurring. And the FIA has been happy with that. And it's always the same specifications. It's not like you can run a different wing in qualifying to the race. So it always has to be the same spec. So so I do see where Toto is coming from. Because obviously, yeah, it's frustrating that you see Red Bull do that three times in a row. And Mercedes like couldn't even access its own part to sort of plead its case or anything. And he said that, uh, yeah, if there was any gentleman's agreement, that's now gone now. And But obviously, Red Bull will argue the exact opposite. They'll say it's very black and white. It's a binary thing. It's either pass the technical check or it's failed. And the Mercedes DRS failed the technical checks. So, so yeah, again, and it all comes back to this idea of that you're pushing the boundaries and it's even in sort of politicking and things like that, that you will be sort of like trying to get every last like decisions go your way that you can. And if you can prove a part might fail, then you say, well, obviously we're going to fit a new one. You would clearly do that. And for Mercedes, yeah, I asked Tosa Wolf, like, is this just bad luck? And he said, well, I don't see any sort of bad luck in motorsport. Like, that's just not how it works. But Mercedes have been very unlucky because, yeah, if someone had been, I don't know if they even could have seen on the rear wing that the part had failed because it was that minor. But if that had been flagged by Mercedes first before it went to the FIA, they'd have fixed it, no problem. And this none of this would have happened. Hamilton would have started on sprint race on pole probably won that and then absolutely pissed the race today as well so it's it would have been a very different story but I think that it's just a case of them pushing the boundaries yeah they are gonna try and go for everything they can but I think it does mean that yeah Mercedes are now going to be very very hot on anything that happens with any other team and I think that it's something that I mean we wanted to ask Christian Horner tonight about okay you've changed that rear wing three races in a row why and get a proper explanation unfortunately Red Bull didn't put him up for any uh, risks and media commitments after the race today but it'll be a question I think heading to Qatar that we'll put and we'll say are we going to see a fourth one because yeah, okay, it's within the rule book, but what is really going on there? Three races in a row? That's that's quite a lot. And I think that's what Mercedes are trying to get at, that it's just weird that you see this pattern from Red Bull, yet Mercedes couldn't even access their own rear wing to make a decision about, can we fix that part or not? 
Thank you so much, Luke. That was uh, fantastic. Sorry, it's a bit long. No, that was a fantastic explanation. That was fantastic. And I think that that will give the listeners a much better insight into it because this weekend has been so hectic with all of the investigations and it is hard to keep up to date. But you have just cleared the air there. So thank you very much. Well, a huge thanks to today's sponsor for bringing the show to you for free. They are Party Casino, your first choice for sports betting. And, of course, Formula One, who will be the winner next time out? Who's your favourite? Who's the outsider? And who might you want to bet on? You can, of course, bet on this year's Drivers' Championship as it goes down to the wire. But not just Formula One. Check out the sports section of Party Casino for the Premier League, Championship, Bundesliga or La Liga. Or maybe all about tennis, horse racing or MotoGP. Any one of 39 different sports in Party Casino. And hit the slots with the full Party Casino experience with jackpot slots, the best Vegas games, roulette in the life casino, and of course, blackjack as well. Partycasino.com has now got a safer gambling section on the homepage, so you can play while staying safe, learn how betting works, and manage the time you spend online. So, when you're ready, let's get the party started with 50 free spins on Starburst. How do you do it? You go to autosport.com slash partycasino. In three easy steps, sign up, make a deposit of 10 quid, and enjoy 50 free spins. That's autosport.com slash partycasino. Open to UK residents over 18 years old. Read full terms and conditions at partycasino.com, and please gamble responsibly. Uh, now, next, I want to talk about the Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen incident that we have alluded to a little bit already uh, when Lewis Hamilton went to overtake Max Verstappen. Uh, but both drivers ended up going wide and off the track. And of course, straight away, we heard uh, the radio between Bono and Lewis. Bono saying, you know, it's under investigation, even though at that point it wasn't under investigation. It had just been noted. Um, and Lewis saying that it was crazy in reference to what had happened. Uh, then we had the wonderful FIA radio of the teams obviously jumping on. It's the best thing in F1, I love it. <laughs> it is the best. <laughs> it is the best dramatic um, addition to the race weekends. Uh, we had the rather sassy Michael Massey in response. I've dubbed to it. I've Red dubbed Ball. it Sassy Massey Hotline. Like, it's genuinely... <laughs> nice. It is. I live for it. It's just... Do you know what? I don't think you could pay me to have Michael Massey's job because if that's what you have to handle all day, every day, I just, I, can you, I can totally understand why he's completely deadpan when he's, when he's replying back. <laughs> it's pretty full on. It's just like, wow. <laughs> FIA Radio is just great, honestly. It's such a great addition. Uh, but ultimately, the stewards deemed that it, did not require an investigation. We then heard the radio afterwards of Lewis Hamilton sort of, you know, saying, yeah, of course, of course, that, that that's the outcome. We're, there's been lots of talk about it. Um, and to be honest, the general consensus that I've seen um, and heard is that people are quite surprised that it at least wasn't investigated, let alone a penalty. But what do you guys make of it? I also know that we obviously didn't get shown the footage during the race of Max's on board, which is quite crucial but what do you guys make of that situation where do you stand on this Jess you go first it's an interesting one isn't it and um it is. before I jumped on to record with you guys I was doing motorsport.com's uh, Instagram live with John Noble and we obviously discussed this live with the fans that joined us on that live stream and and I, and John made a really really good point so I'm not going to I'm not going to take the credit here but um I do agree with this point is that what well what we need regardless of whether that was a penalty or not you know your initial thoughts and feelings towards it what we do need is consistency 
because it does seem that you know everybody was kind of um, bringing up Lando Norris and Sergio Perez's pe- penalty in Austria. That was that was penalised. This one wasn't. Um, and there just there seems to be a lack of consistency, or you know, a lack of understanding actually what constitutes penalty. I was shocked that it wasn't investigated. Shocked because even if they came to the final decision of no penalty, carry on, I would have at least expected them to have taken a look at it. The fact that they didn't, well, in theory, and Luke, maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong. In theory, they wouldn't have even looked at replay. Well, they would have t- taken a look at a replay to to make the first when they note it, but you know they wouldn't have looked into it. So they would have just looked at it and gone, no, that's not, not not invest not not investigation worthy. So that shocked me. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, Mercedes obviously would have appealed to say, "Well, you ran, you ran our ran our driver off um, off the road, and then you gained a lasting advantage by going running off the road yourself, and that meant that you you kept P one." Uh, Christian Horner seemed to think that that wasn't a lasting advantage, which I uh, I found quite interesting um, because I would say keeping P one in a race is a is a lasting advantage obviously it didn't end up that way in the end um regardless of the steward's decision but yeah i think it was it was an interesting one and it comes down to the whole like what does it mean to let them race because if we are just going to let people race great but you didn't let sergio and lando race you you said that that was that was that was penalty worthy so i think there is again and i think this is something that's just never ever going to go away is is it, it is is the system that we currently have in place to give out penalties is it correct is it is it what we need is it is it reliable enough that i mean fans are never going to be satisfied are they let's let's be honest right never ever um but yeah i think for me that was you know when john raised that point i was like no this is that's true i think that's what's smacking hard is that we just don't if know if we're coming or going so yeah i think that's what kind of needs to be needs to be understood um, I'm interested to know what Luke thinks. Yeah, it's, it is um, putting my fan hat on instead of the journalist providing you with nothing but facts and not having an opinion. Uh, no, I think that, yeah, I agree. I was quite surprised that it wasn't properly looked at. And I think that had it been, had Lewis ran wide and passed Max off track and gained a lasting advantage, that would have been investigated. And yeah, obviously you can't pass another driver off track. So should you be able to defend a driver off track as well, if that makes sense? So it was, it was, yeah. I think that I think it was surprising. And yeah, okay, we do want to yeah let let them race and whatever. But the fact is, we don't have those rules in place at the moment. We do have very set rules in terms of like, can you pass drivers off track and and whatever and precedents such as I mean with Kimi and Alonso in Austin, for example, that Fernando kicked up such a fuss about, rightly so, because he was annoyed that he'd lost the place. I think that. What we need is, yeah, sort of black and white. Like, okay, do we have this rule book where it is like, this is what you can do, make it very clear? Or do you just get rid of it completely? And that's what Toto Wolf said afterwards. And he said that either you put the race director's notes in the shredder and you get rid of it. And he said, I'd be very happy to see that. Or you go completely the other way and you really tighten up on the rules and make it very, very clear. And I think that's very fair. And yeah, I think it was it was surprising. And had, had it been, say, five laps from the end or something and that one maxed the race, that would have been a really, really sour way for that race to have ended because it was, yeah, a very... It, it was an unfair move. And Max, his explanation was that, oh no, we're both like under braking, both wanted to defend the position. My tyres were a bit worn. 
I think he said it was the safer way of doing it as well at one point, which I didn't really understand, but whatever. And it just really, yeah, I I thought it was a very, it was a very aggressive and cheeky move. I think it's very odd we don't have the onboard from Max's car. Like, I've not seen it anywhere. I don't think anybody has. What's gone on with the race director there? Have have they lost it or something? I, I don't know. But that's what we need to see because then you'll be able to see the steering input. Look, surely, I mean, surely if the steering input shows that he did open up the steering again to force Lewis wide, surely that then would make it, okay, well, that's a deliberate move to force a driver off track, which is not allowed. Why wouldn't the stewards have investigated and gone, okay, let's get the telemetry, let's look at the steering input, talk to Max, look at the onboard, if they have it, can you prove that you didn't force Lewis off track? So, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those where, I'm, okay, it was hard racing, sure, but if that had decided the race, there would be so many more angrier fans about it all. So I do understand Toto's annoyance about it. And yeah, okay, we do have this idea of like, oh yeah, hard racing, like we want to see the best going wheel to wheel and fighting tooth and nail. But we also want to race fairly as well. And no matter how hard you race, you can't you can't push that too far and just be like, well, I just screw it. I'm just going to push him off track and that way I'll keep the position because that's that that's not what we're about. So yeah, I think, okay, maybe we need a bit more clarity, but I think for the stewards to have not investigated it at all, I thought was, yeah, a bit odd. Um, yeah, Toto said it was the, the peak of the iceberg for this weekend. He called it laughable that they didn't look at it. Uh, he said it, yeah, just capped everything off. And then it was actually during the Zoom call, we literally watched Toto as he got the message through saying that Lewis had been summoned about the seatbelts as well. Which What was, was his response like... to that? So I felt he looked at it and he was just like, I've got a message. And then he kind of paused. And I think he thought like, do I just continue with my answer or do I tell you? And then he went, um, yeah, we've got to see the stewards about Lewis undoing his seatbelt on the last lap really good that and at first i was like is he joking or like what's 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 he on about here but no he was being deadly serious and about five minutes later we got through the official summons and yeah i just think mercedes i mean ron meadows the team manager must be sick of the sight of those stewards the amount of time he spent with them this weekend i had a, so, I had uh, a, 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 a dm on instagram from uh, g burns underscore 98 so this is a shout out for you um but it, they said to me, got to be close to a free coffee at this point on his steward's room reward card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because uh, they definitely were clocking up the old uh, the old visits there. Definitely was. Definitely. I mean, yeah, just to clarify uh, that point that, uh, that Luke just mentioned, Lewis was then summoned to the stewards after the race for taking off his seatbelt uh, when he collected the flag on his uh cool down lap when he was celebrating he was fined five thousand euros with a suspended twenty thousand i think it was so that's the outcome of that no impact on the race results which would have had all of formula one's fan base <laughs> might as well have just <laughs> set war. formula one on fire like genuinely yeah. it would have been like let's just not even let's just not even do the rest of the season because it's yeah yeah Not good yeah thank god that would have been absolutely tragic i don't think that was ever um, that was never in doubt really like i think you know no. there are there are implications that they try and keep anything away from the racing so yes. i think that was never in doubt really let's leave all of the steward stuff now and the investigation i think we've tired that conversation because we are shattered from it uh let's go back to what we saw on track today and let's talk about max's drive what did you make of max's performance today luke I thought it was a really good drive. And I think that you may say having your title rival start last in the sprint race and yourself on pole and then you come away losing points compared to him in the title race is not a good weekend. But 
I think looking at the race itself, Max just clearly did not have the pace to live with Lewis. Much as in Mexico, Red Bull did not have the pace of Mercedes. It's a very similar case. So really, P2 was about the best he could have done today. And I thought that actually when Lewis did get up to second place, we were watching the lap times and they were so, so well matched. I mean, there was one lap where they were literally one thousandth of a second apart. And then they came into the pits. And again, it was literally identical pit stop times from the two pit crews as well. And it was so, so good to see. And I just thought it was amazing that, yeah, Perez like was just pushed to one side by Lewis. Like, it took very, very little time to dispatch him. Whereas with Max, like Max really held his own. And there was one point when they were both lapping a good sort of six to eight tenths of a second per lap faster than anybody else on track. So Max did a a great, great drive. And yeah, I think that it was impressive given that Lewis had such a pace advantage that he could hold on for as long as he did. Maybe that's why he was so aggressive at turn four, because he thought, I've got no other way of keeping Lewis behind. So I think that, yeah, to come away, okay, you've still got a points lead. It's down to what, 14 points now. So he's lost five across the course of the whole weekend thanks to his uh, P2 in the sprint race. So not the end of the world. I think the biggest sort of alarm bells will be just how quick Mercedes was, particularly in a straight line. But I think Max, like, he's been very, I mean, almost annoyingly so. Like, very much like, well, yeah, if we've got the best car, we'll win. If we don't, we won't. And it won't change my life if I don't win the title or I do or whatever. And personally, I would love to see a bit more fire of, like, yeah, I have to win this title. Like, I'm giving so much for it. It's my life dream. So that's his approach and, and fair enough. Really, that actually rang quite true today, that, yeah, he didn't have the car that was going to win the race. So I think much as Lewis finishing second in Mexico was very much like, uh, no, I'm going to be content with this. It's damage limitation. I think Max can treat today exactly the same way. Uh, Yeah, because even with all the circumstances around, Lewis was just on another level because of the pace advantage of his car today. Reaching, like, the boss level of a a video game, wasn't it, for Lewis? Because it was, like, picking him off, picking him off, and it was getting gradually and gradually, I guess, more difficult. And then he got to Max Verstappen and it was like, nah, this is this is going to take a few a few goes. And it was, again, it's just, this is what we want to see. This is this is everything that we want from this season is to see the, these two go at it because they are great. And as, as Luke said, you know, Max did absolutely everything today that he possibly could have, including running out of road. <laughs> so I think you, you can't fault. He had a great start. You know, taking Bottas like he did, especially after what happened yesterday in the sprint, to come back from that and to to obviously Red Bull did probably went away and tried to fix the gear issue that they had or seemed to have on the uh, the sprint yesterday. But you know that was a you know, that he 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 knew what you had to do. He was like, I've got to I've got to get out, stay out, and hope that Lewis runs out of time to chase me down. Um, they played everything brilliantly, and as Luke said, you know both not just on track, but in the pit stops and the strategy, everything was thrown at it. Um, and it just got, it went down to the, you know, the, the, the dying moments of the, of the race where Lewis eventually found a way around. And so you definitely can't fault. It was, it was a commanding drive still from Max Stappen, even if he's ended up on the second step of the podium today. Um, so yeah, I don't think, and again, I think that's probably why he didn't seem that disappointed because it's not like anything went wrong. It's just, they, they just didn't have an answer. So, and I quite, I quite like, I'm going to disagree with Luke. I quite like Max's attitude because it's so different from Lewis's. Lewis, Lewis takes everything to heart and he talks about, you know, even today he talked about being behind and he just had to put it behind him and he was going to come out and he was going to come out racing. Max is like, yeah, I'll turn up. I'll race. I'll see how I do. 
and I'll move on to the next one. I, I, I just think I love it. Like the, the two characters in this main title fight are so juxtaposed. It's brilliant. I love it. So yeah, I think absolutely stellar drive from Max today. Did everything he could. End at P2. On to the next. Yeah, that is what made this race so good as well. Like you said, everything was thrown at it. It wasn't one of those races where we have someone just sailing off into the distance um, and then it's just a case of watching the laps tick down. It really was fought to the very end between the teams and Max, as he said, did everything he could. Um, and that was that. Let's move on to Valtteri Bottas though. Of course, he came home at P3, started uh, on pole, but he couldn't hold on to the lead, fell back straight away. Dropped back behind Perez, but managed to get that uh, get back ahead of him. What did you make of Valtteri's day today, Luke? It was a day. I mean, the guy. Okay, the guy starting on pole, finishing thirteen seconds off the winner, and yeah, it's not not brilliant. But I thought that. Yeah, I mean, he clearly struggled through that opening stint, obviously losing the position uh, to Perez, and then by the time Lewis came along, it was very obvious what Mercedes were going to do. Because Lewis obviously had so much of a pace advantage and the fresher engine, let alone the sort of title permutations as well. But I think that, yeah, Mercedes, I think they played it very well to sort of dig out of that hole a little bit, that they were able to pit Bottas under the virtual safety car. That got him the jump on Perez, because you save so much time when you do that. So I think that was some really good quick thinking. And then we did hear over the radio when uh, they went for the second round of pit stops. Obviously, Red Bull triggered very, very early by bringing Verstappen in to basically prevent Hamilton from getting the undercut. And the Mercedes kind of had to respond with Lewis. And then a couple of days they brought Valtteri in. And he went over the road and he said, I think we've thrown away an easy one-two here. And he really wanted to be kept out so he could sort of create that tyre delta and or I think as he was sort of more leaning towards go all the way to the end but I think it would have been a big big ask like, I mean they looked at the tyres and they said there was a significant amount of wear like it would have been very very tricky to have done that Toto Wolf said afterwards like it might have been possible but realistically probably not but I think yeah, Valtteri's pace like I think on that that final stint I thought was it was good and yeah we heard Toto go over the radio radio to him after Lewis passed Max and, and said um, yeah go, go and get him Valtteri go and get him and it was like an eight second gap so it was maybe a bit ambitious but um, in the end only only three seconds behind so fair enough but again Mercedes clearly had the quicker car today so kind of how much does that come into it um, yeah maybe one little bit more from Valtteri like if you're on pole yeah okay but. Right now, I think Mercedes, I think they'll, they will happily take Lewis winning the race, Valtteri third, Constructors Championship lead is back out to 11 points now. So it's not all bad. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit disappointing. We didn't see sort of a, a Turkey-esque performance from Valtteri because I think, yeah, that would have been good to sort of like hold Max up and, and really sort of help Lewis even more so on that front. But um, yeah, brought home points at least. Jess, anything to add or are you going to... Go. Yeah, <laughs> the face or expression is telling me there's something to add. I, but... <laughs> I tweeted today, I was willing Bottas to have a good race today. Like, just... I thought Chris had taken yeah. your phone or something at um, that point. <laughs> no, it was, can, can confirm, it was me. Came straight from the source. Um, he just needed it, didn't he? He just needed a good a good race today he needs to show like as as luke said like when you've got the pace advantage or seeming pace advantage obviously um bottas hasn't taken a new engine um like lewis had so you know maybe that is the difference but it's ah, come on like his teammate started p10 and by lap five 
Bottas was letting him through. Is just, and he almost got caught by Leclerc on the restart. I mean, that was it. I was like, if Leclerc catches you, that is game over. Get in the bin. Like that is just not. That's just just unacceptable. When when the title fight is this close, and you are meant to be, you know, one of the greatest drivers on this grid in terms of where you should be finishing. So, yeah, it wasn't a great day. Um, I think you know the frustration was there. I don't I don't blame him for you know wanting to try something different um in terms of like thinking he should have been on the one stop but as Luke said like I don't think those those mediums wouldn't have lasted I don't I just don't uh sorry I don't think that stint would have lasted um so yeah I just think it's it's not a great day I mean he got a podium he was obviously very very good call from Mercedes to pit under the VSC the timing of that came sweetly to him which you know luck has not always gone his way this season and uh, you know we're not going to avoid that point he's been extremely unlucky but it is just those like you know he was commanding in the sprint he did a really good sprint he he, and then but the real points are won on the Sunday you can't you can't be the number one guy on Friday and Saturday and let it all go away from you on Sunday you're not going to win world championships on Saturdays so yeah, I just think it's it's it is what it is. It's not the end of the world. He got P three. He brought points home. He was always going to finish behind Lewis. I was just quite shocked at how soon he ended up behind Lewis. So yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't want to dig on him too hard, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> Let's move on to Checo. Uh, we saw. Um... Well, we saw that moment between him and Lewis when Lewis tried to get past him. Well, Lewis did get past him and then Checo grabbed that place back, which was a nice little bit of driving. Uh, but then eventually he obviously finished down the order as well, finishing off the podium, taking the point for the fastest lap at the end. And <laughs> I can see Jess how, laughing how away. How unsporting of him and Red I can Bull. confirm that similar accusations were thrown again this weekend i I, Um, I saw that so at least it's consistency so yes which is what we do respect yeah (laughs) luke what did you think of checo's performance today and his weekend as a whole to be honest and also whether you know you have any views on whether it is unsporting to pit your second driver to take the fastest lap from your competitor absolutely not like, why would it be? Genuinely. You're doing, like, you are you are playing the game. Like, that's what it's down to. I was at Battersea Park, like, watching Degrassi and Buemi in that Formula E finale, literally pitting for, like, 10 laps just to try and find a gap on track so they could set the fast lap and get the bonus point to win the championship. It was ridiculous, but that was part of the game. So, no, I mean, it's just, this is part of it. It could decide the championship at the end of the year. Like, imagine if not the final race of the season, like we've got like Perez and Bottas sort of like third and fourth and they're like, okay, well, do we pit them to then try and nab the fastest point off Hamilton and Verstappen on the rival team or whatever? But um, no, it's just, it's just part of the game. Like, I'm sorry, if you're moaning about that, then you, yeah. And if, I, the, if the larger <laughs> argument is that there shouldn't be a point awarded for fastest lap or it shouldn't just be for the top 10, it could be for anybody... Um, I mean, maybe that, I will take that argument. Okay. I will, I will okay. have that argument. But to sure. say that, that that could be something we maybe debate one day. Excellent. But yeah, I mean, to say that, like, okay, 
these are the rules and we're going to play to the rules that's unsporting no like it's just what the rule book is so yeah sorry i mean obviously i, I fully respect fans opinions and whatever but that's this is just part it's not of the even game. a fan like happens, so. it's not even a fan it's it's somebody it's somebody it? who's what we, we're <laughs> oh, not going to name we're in this rabbit hole yeah, we can't we can't name names Luke. i don't know who this I will is tell, sorry, i will Martin. tell you <laughs> i will i will send you friends i will them? send you i will send Jess you send the tweet you. i'll send you the tweet okay it, yeah, but sorry, I was in. I was again. I was, sho- I was shocked. Genuinely shocked. Okay, but interesting. Yeah, it's anyway, Sergio Perez's race P four. Um, yeah, a little bit disappointing. Let, let's sort of face it. I think him and Bottas, like you kind of say, look, you want to see a bit more from them. And I think recently we've seen flashes of, oh, they made a big step forwards. I think with Checo, like US and Mexico, I think yeah, he was really, really on form, particularly in Mexico. And this weekend, yeah, it wasn't quite so hot. Obviously, got beaten by Sainz in the sprint. Made a pretty good start today. But then, yeah, just didn't have the pace to live with the Mercedes. But again, you kind of look at the pace advantage and go, well, like, how workable would it have been to beat them anyway? So, uh, yeah, but it's quite a big gap. It's 39 seconds to Lewis at the front. Over half a minute to... Sorry, nearly half a minute to Verstappen in second place. So, a big margin. Um, yeah. It's sort of this up and down season that Checo's had. I think we're starting to see more ups and downs. And I think for him, it's quite encouraging that even a, a say, a poor race, he's still fourth. Like, because that's the bare minimum, really, the Red Bull driver should be doing. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll sort of say, look, I'm going to come back strong from it and, and everything. So, uh, yeah, the, the trend is getting better for him. And I think that as we get into these final few races of the season, that constructive championship battle is so well poised. And I think it will come down to the, the guys behind it. It's going to come down to Bottas and Perez. Like, who's going to maximise the opportunities? So it's going to be really exciting, I think. Right. So we are actually coming to the end of the podcast. I didn't even realise that we have been talking for oh, nearly oh gosh, one we hour. Really and we've barely, spoke, <laughs> barely <laughs> spoken about anyone else. So... Uh, Luke, just as a heads up, you will be giving us a thorough rundown towards the end of this podcast. Um, but Jess, moving through the pack as much as we can in our remaining time, uh, Ferrari, good day for Ferrari. Charles and Carlos, fifth and sixth, and a really good points haul for that Constructors' Championship. Of course, McLaren did not have such a good day. Daniel Ricciardo retiring and Lando getting caught with that contact on the first lap and then finishing 10th, which was a good recovery drive, but... You know, when it comes to the Constructors' Championship, it's not what McLaren need. Really swinging in Ferrari's favour, 31-point lead. It just, again, it just shows you that you need consistency. And as uh, I, I, did, I had no even like inkling until kind of the last few races that considering how strong McLaren's start was the season, the fact that they've got a race, not just a race win, but a one-two um this season and yet they're now not looking for favorites for that third point uh third position in the constructors championship is is baffling but again it's consistency in f1 is so key and what we haven't had at mclaren is consistency we've had lando norris having some very very commanding drives you know the fact that last time out we were talking about p10 being a disappointment and again today p10 is another disappointment um but the fact that that is like you know the worst of his finishes is it shows how well he's running, but he can't do it on his own. He needs Daniel Ricciardo there to pick up the additional points when he's not having such a good race and, and vice versa. So 
it wasn't Daniel's fault today, obviously. You know, we, we're not quite sure exactly what caused the uh, the loss of power um, for his car today. I'm sure, unless Luke's spoken to anybody at McLaren. No, nope, at this point of recording, we've not spoken to people at McLaren, so we're not sure um, what was the cause there. But yeah, it's just not, it's not looking good. Um, obviously, Lando had um, a bit of an unfortunate start. Carlos Sainz got a bad start. He got a good start, but he kind of ran out of anywhere to go, ended up going into a, a spot like onto the grass bit, which wasn't really going to help him. And he, he ended up with that puncture, which was really unfortunate. Um, but the Ferraris had a really strong, really strong day today. Um, you know, there, as I said, there was there were points where Leclerc almost had Bottas at, at points. They were they were racy. I mean, obviously the, that natural gap between the top four and and them uh, opened up eventually. Um, but I mean, what was the what was it at the end? How far behind did they come in at the end? Uh... Leclerc was ten seconds behind Perez. That's not bad, is it? Science, two seconds behind him. It's good. And Ferrari, Ferrari have got good now. Like if if you don't mind me picking up course, here, Jeff, go for like, it. I've I've been Ferrari have been so good lately. And this fight for third, I think, is over. And that may come back to bite me if McLaren all of a sudden turn things around in the final three. But Ferrari have taken such a big step forward lately. Lando Norris, who was third in the championship for so much of this season, is probably going to finish seventh now, which is kind of crazy. But the rate at which Leclerc and Science are, as Jess said, consistently picking up points, have now got this pace advantage, have been really strong since the new um, upgraded hybrid system was introduced to the power unit. And even coming into Brazil, Ferrari said all our simulations say McLaren are going to be just a little bit ahead of us. And that was not the case. Like, Lando had a, a pretty good sprint race, don't get me wrong. And and then at turn one, yeah, good start. And it might have been a little bit different had he not been tagged by science as he was. But again, I think Ferrari, they've just got too much in them. And they are scoring with two cars all of the time, which is, is really, really impressive. So, yeah, I think it's been a difficult few weeks for McLaren. I mean, they're now 21 and a half points behind Ferrari in the standings. That gap could be beyond the 44 that it needs to sort of mathematically end this fight before we get to Abu Dhabi. Like the rate at which Ferrari are going, it's been very impressive. So, yeah, I think that I think it was a good drive by Norris today. I think the fact that he came back from a first lap tag and effectively did a one stop race to finish 10th, I thought was a very good sort of recovery effort. But for McLaren, yeah, I mean, to have come away with two points from the last two weeks, like it's really not a good return. A lot of it outside of their control, of course, but. Still, I think that that fight for third, Ferrari looking in a really, really good spot now. And I think we've got to look at Ferrari for the future as well. I think that they're building really well. They're going to have a lot of aero time next year. And uh, yeah, I think that they're looking in a good spot. And Science and Clerk together just seem to work so, so well as well. Yeah, they're a fantastic driver lineup. Um, such a strong pairing uh, and both really consistent, which is definitely going to help Ferrari when we come to the years to come and the reg changes, etc. Um, right, we have not very long left, but I want to touch on Pierre Gasly because he had a good day today, lots of battles uh, with several drivers. Uh, what did we think of Pierre's day? I mean, he came home P7. Of course, we've seen him finish higher than that, but he got him stuck into some good action today. Jess? Yeah, because he had a very disappointing day yesterday. Um, so I guess, you know, he started... He started what P started P seven finished P seven right because Hamilton obviously dropped back so I think it was good um we, you know it, that is good for him to stay in that position in that Alfa Tauri is a strong day and we've seen that 
again, more and more so through the, this season that he's been able to hold those positions and 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 bring home some well-deserved points. Um, so yeah, again, like really good, really good race. And, and it, you know, the, his was it battling with uh, Alonso? That was that was some good racing. I enjoyed I enjoyed that. Once we had a moment to breathe from watching the the kinds of guys at the top, uh, we did have those moments also that should also be uh, be have their their praise moments. So yeah, it was it was it was really good. It was a strong day from Gasly. Uh, disappointing that he kind of had a, a, a not as good day yesterday because again he could have been fighting up there with the with the Ferraris um, had he not lost those positions from yesterday. So um, but yeah, more of that please, Gasly. Love Gasly. <laughs> um, Luke, I'm going to hand over to you to run down the remaining people that we have not covered uh, because we shamefully just, well, not shamefully, we just enjoyed this race too much and got too stuck in to all of the different things exactly. to talk There's about. There's been lots to talk about. There's been there so been, much. Yeah. This could have gone on for another hour, but instead Luke is going to do his fantastic summary for us. Yeah, sorry it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, exactly, deprived this, us. It's uh, It's been a hot sec. But uh, yeah, so we've got Gasly in seventh. Uh, that obviously very good for AlphaTauri in terms of the fight for fifth in the championship. But because Alpine got a double score with Ocon and Alonso in eighth and ninth, that meant that they are still tied on points with Alpine ahead because of Ocon's victory in Hungary. Uh, yep, good drives from both of them. Uh, Ocon had a really sort of hectic first lap. You see him uh, going wheel to wheel with both Gasly and uh, Ricardo at one point as well. So that was, uh, yeah, a good little fight there. Uh, Alonso, yeah, P9, I think, uh, again, sort of like decent points for Alpine. They were very evenly matched, I think, through this weekend. So I think uh, Ocon probably in particular needed that that kind of boost. So that's, uh, yep, good for them. Uh, Norris, I mentioned in P10, basically did a one-stop race. So I think that was a, a pretty good drive from him. Uh, Vettel, 11th, uh, I think maybe would have wanted to pick up some points. Obviously, he did start a little bit further up the order after the um, sprint race. But in the end, yeah, Aston just didn't really seem to have the pace when it came to the race trim of the of the Alpines. Um, he was catching Norris towards the end as Norris's tyres were worn, but yep, yeah, couldn't quite get there. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, a very good drive from him today to go from the uh, pit lane to P12. Obviously, he was tagged by Giovinazzi in the sprint race, so that meant that Alpha basically decided we may as well start him from the pit lane instead of last on the grid. They did a load of setup changes. Kimi said the car was so much nicer to drive, so he was a lot happier with it, and that allowed him to uh, yet run all the way to P12. Uh, George Russell's 13th, Williams, a really decent drive. Uh, he pitted under the safety car early on, which turned out to be a, a masterstroke. That really, really put him on course for a good race. He uh, basically one-stopped it from there, but that allowed him to get the jump on um, uh, Latifi, who was behind at one point as well, and Giovinazzi. Uh, Giovinazzi, 14th. Um, I think this is likely to be the last weekend where he does not know about his future. So, or, well, officially says he does not know about his future. So Italian Jesus will soon be uh, aware of what the plans are, I think. Um, 14th, yep. Um, I think, again, he look, I think at one point in, um, yeah, in quality, like he was looking really strong. So I think that they'll, Alpha will sort of be, maybe a little bit disappointed because with Williams, like they need points like ASAP and time's really running out. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Sonoda 15th, obviously we saw him get caught up with Lance Stroll when they uh, went wheel to wheel at turn one in the opening stages. Uh, 
Tsunoda was over the radio saying that Stroll turned in on him. Stewart saw it very differently and handed Tsunoda uh, a time penalty, so he served that when he came into the pits. Ended up 15th there as a result. Uh, Latifi P16 uh, obviously outqualified George Russell for the first time ever at Williams, which was quite impressive. A uh, race a little more difficult for him, though. Uh, Nikita Mazepin 17th, and they actually had a really good start. I mean, he was running as high as P14 at one point, and then ultimately the, the pace of the Haas just dropped off a little bit. Once he switched to the hard tyre, he did struggle more as well. Um, he opened up a little bit this weekend about his, um, I think it's been quite widely spread. He was sort of on the verge of tears, quite emotional after Friday. And he explained, like, basically he's got quite a challenging period at the moment. A lot of people around, the crew around him are, are all leaving the team, basically. And he said that's uh, quite difficult as a rookie to kind of handle. So he said, it's just a case of you care so much. And he said, like, I don't have anything in my life except F1. So obviously I want this so badly. So it's quite difficult when stuff like that happens. So, uh, so yeah. And then uh, Mick Schumacher, he propped up the running order in 18th. Uh, obviously, we saw him lose his front wing. Uh, as uh, I, I said on Twitter, it's quite interesting. All the rear wing intrigue. And then in, in the race, it was the front wings that were all uh, coming off. So, uh, yeah. So that uh, left him towards the back of the field and ultimately in 18th. Uh, Ricardo retired due to a loss of power. And Lance Stroll also retired from the race. I can't officially tell you why. I've not actually looked that up. But, uh Yes, that's your race rundown. I just love it. I just love this feature of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much, Luke. Thank you both for joining me. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you today after it was a fantastic weekend for the sport. As I said, we could have continued for another hour or so because there's so much to talk about, but we have covered the main points. We hope that you enjoyed listening. We will be back next weekend for the final race in the triple header. So make sure to join us. <laughs> so make sure to join us then. But for now, that is all. Thank you both for being my guests and thank you everyone for listening. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world is waiting. Waiting for new thinking. For bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.